flesh and our spirit. And then we are left to our own devices at some point in our lives. And that's when many people come, become undone because they haven't been trained up in the way that they should go. They become a law unto themselves and therefore unable to help themselves, especially when they do not know Jesus and have no spiritual guidance. We know that they're under the sway of the devil, which is why it can be so hard to have faith in God. So if we're not trained up in the way we should go, then we make up our own way, and that's guided by the devil. Even if we know the truth, even once we know the truth, <laughs> come on, you want to listen? It's a good example here, I'm trying. <laughs> so even once we know the truth, it can still be really difficult. A daily battle to follow the will of God, or just follow the lusts of the desires of the flesh. As we've just seen, we need to repent daily. And uh, it's a daily battle to see, and we have a choice every single day, whether we follow the lusts of the flesh, or whether we follow what we know to be right, which is God's way. And the problem is this takes sacrifice. This takes sacrifice of the material for the benefit of the spiritual. This is why Paul told the Galatians that those who are in Christ, those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. We really need to get rid of the, the idolic worship of things that aren't God in our lives. We need to do the will so we can have God in us who then strengthens us and guides us. But we need to start by doing his will so he can come in us. We remember from the original scripture in Acts 5, if we do not obey God, we do not have his spirit, and then he can't help us. So we need to start by obeying God. We need to feed this with the word. So Mark just said, we, 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 uh, um, we, we get it. Jesus said, we get it. We feed on the daily bread of the word. We, we drink from the, um, the, the, the river of, living, of life that comes from the word. Our prayer, a prayer life that is truthful, that is not just mindless babbling, but it's from the heart and different because our lives are different every day and our good faithful works. But we won't do any of this if we don't have faith. That's the problem. Is the power of faith belief in action. Now by that I mean God spoke all matter into existence. So God just spoke and everything we've ever seen, every atom that was ever created started life then. There was a singular starting point and its name is Jesus. The creative power of God is reflected in our faith as well today, now, which brings things into existence which once were not. Just look at this church. It didn't exist, but now through faith, we start a church and then people's lives are changed. We see a shadow of the creative glory of God through our faith. We're made in the image of God so we can create these things through faith as well. And this is that faith, it's the belief in an action. So, so the most, is this not the most creative force that we've been blessed with? Everything else in the planet, everything else we see, everyone else who doesn't know God works to what it can sense in the flesh, whether they know it or not. Have we not been given more as human beings 
And then is it not right for God to expect more from us? There has to be more to it than, you know, when we're witnessing, when we're talking to people, one of the feedbacks I get, it just hasn't happened to me. The effect is I'm waiting on God to make a move on my life. Well, you'll be waiting a long time. God's waiting on us to move first. We always have this choice on us to speak or move in faith, believing what is not there can be there if we are in God's will and we believe the information he has given us. Now, this brings me to the agency of Christianity. So agency means the action, the force, the mechanism. And the Christian, us, we are the agency for God on earth. We are the exertion of God's power on earth. Once we find ourselves speaking to people who don't believe in God because they can't imagine he would let horrible things happen, often we find that as a problem. But God has always worked through people. Even we talked about Moses. He worked through Moses, worked through lots of people throughout the Old Testament. And he either brought creative power through their faith or destruction through their lack of faith and their disobedience. What we can sometimes fail to see and don't understand is that the kingdom of God is within, the, is within us. If we look at Luke 17.20 and turn our Bibles to Luke and, and Jesus said, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So God is spirit. We've learned that. And we learned that in the truth revealed. And we are flesh. And we live in a physical fleshly world. And therefore the, the Christian is the agency of God in the world. Yeah, because we're guided by his spirit to do things in this flesh-based world. Whilst we know that God can literally do anything, there's no rule apart from the rules he gives himself. He can do everything as long as it doesn't go against his word, which he has made the foundation unchanging law before a changing world. But what he does give us is freedom to, to exercise our faith. Yeah, he gives us room for faith so he can see and we can see and our brothers and sisters can see what, what the metal of our faith is. He gives us room to trust him and for his love to work in us. If we look at the first Corinthians six nineteen, and Paul says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And that you're not your own. Once you have that spirit, you're God's. You're God's before, but you just don't know it. And then, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? I think that's John 3.16. If we look back, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, the offerings bought by Cain and Abel, the trials of Joseph, all the lonely planets, uh, lonely 
prophets, the, the faithful Jewish remnant, the rock of offense, spirit or flesh, all of that is example of the space God has given us, us as human beings, to work faith into the world, to change the way things would naturally be to allow the supernatural to take place. Faith pleases God. Faith can move mountains. And it's faith that changes people's lives. Only once we are open and honest enough with God, which again is faith, can the partnership begin to flourish. How else can we expect him to bear our burdens in this current age if we have no knowledge of the power he has given us in the first place? He's given us his power to wield in the world and he teaches us how to use it in the word. Mark, last week, Mark preached on the agency of the devil, how the world is under the sway of the devil and we as Christians need to do what we can do with what God has given us to show the way, to show that there is another way, not the default way that we are born into, but we learn of a better way. But the evil, the way of the devil has to be there in the first place. So again, we have a chance to exercise our faith. There's always a choice. I can remember a few years back when, when, the, when I was learning about God and when I was learning about the Bible and let's say becoming a Christian and when the penny was beginning to drop that there might actually be a God and that the ultimate importance of, was Jesus. And when the scales finally fell from my eyes, I realized that I finally had a choice. Before, that was the first time. I'd never before thought that I could actually get somewhere by denying myself up to that point. It was all for me. I've got to do what I can do and no one else will help me. I've just got to sort myself out. I didn't realize there was an option that by helping others, by coming to someone else, God, that would give me much more than I could do myself. As long as it was legal and didn't hurt anyone much, it was fine by me, didn't have any problems with that. These were my rules, and what hope did I have after death as a result of my rules? Well, I could make something up. What purpose did I have in life beyond the loose idea of happiness? Nothing. It was complete darkness. Darkness reigned. There was no promises for me. But as I didn't believe it, I was okay. Let me put you down. Do you want to carry on? Sorry. <laughs> right. As I didn't believe it, as I didn't believe in God, it was okay. I just put, put my head in the sand and forget about it. Didn't question the things that I knew were there in the world, that I knew that I didn't have answers for. After I'd learned a bit about the Bible and Jesus and started to experience things for myself through exploring faith and what this faith thing was, I just couldn't allow such a baseless, unfact-based approach to how I live my life. I often think back, because we all have battles, and I think back to what it was like before. And even now I think back, what are my options? Yeah, I could just forget about, well, I, couldn't, I can't forget about what I've learned, but I could just become sinful again and not repent. Then I think back to the scripture in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, and it says... For this is the love of God, 
that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not grievous. All he's trying to do is get us to live a better life. And I'm thinking, why is that so hard? Yeah, does my flesh want me to live a worse life? It's so strange. And often I come back to that. And when I'm talking to the people and I'm telling them about Jesus, nothing he said was grievous, apart from if you go against God. What God wants us to do is to place our faith in a God of spirit. We cannot see, but is good, righteous and loving to the point of death on a cross to save his ever faltering creation. Now, you couldn't even make it up. The glory of God, this incredible creative spirit has bothered, given us all of this, bothers about the slightest thing that we think about because he wants us to be like he intended us to be. And he wants us to do that through working with him, through knowing him, through growing in Christ, through failing, through having trials and tribulations so we can grow. And this is where we're like Jesus. We go from trial to trial. That's what life's like. So, and this is the purpose. So we can go from glory to glory in Christ and grow unto ultimate glory in the presence of the great I am. Hallelujah. We lament our predicament. We do. We despair about some things that happen to us. When all they're really doing is allowing, is God allowing us to have a choice, to give us space for the freedom of faith to work in our lives. Just think about it. We, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and uh, to those who are called according to his purpose. And who are those that are called? What's his purpose? That all hear the saving grace of God and to see all men, all men saved. So could it not be that everything we go through could in some way be good for us? We just can't see it. We, we see echoes of this in history even the most powerful empires ever seen are slayed by the biggest foe that we have in this modern age which is comfort and complacency we think we're beyond the thing of the spiritual spiritual life seems like something that you only get in the dark ages or something in undeveloped societies and we look at modern society and it seems to be that the human condition is to put comfort above all things, our comfort, our fleshly comfort above everything. Yet, if we look at history, if we look at the facts again, it's the very opposite of comfort that shows the true adaptability, creativity and resourcefulness of mankind. Every time we see a, um, an empire in history starts off because it has to fight, it has to fight for something and it gets strong and it focuses on the things that make it strong and as soon as it gets comfortable, as soon as the money comes in, as soon as the distractions take it away from what gave it the power in the first place, then it falls back and is defeated by the next thing. We're the same. Isaiah wrote that our iniquities have separated us from our God and that our sins have hidden his face from us so that he won't hear us. 
We are so blessed that Jesus Christ has paid the price for our iniquities forever and that he will justify those who will have faith in him. Now, he hasn't, I don't know if you thought about this, but he hasn't paid the price for our iniquities and sin so that we can just be justified. He justifies those who have faith in him. It's a continuous process. He hasn't justified you. He's constantly justifying you. And he's constantly justifying those who have faith in him. Why does he do that? Well, we're back to the agency. There's a number of reasons, not least because having dwelt in the flesh, he knows our troubles. He knows our iniquities and he knows that they are many and they come often. But he justifies us so that we can go in his name and do his work for his kingdom. There's no way around it. He knows what's best for us. If we believe in God, you can't believe that you can't make up your own God because you can't see the power of God. If we truly believe in God, we know that his will is what's best for us and he knows everything. That's why he knows what's best for us. Paul told us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. These are the practicalities of life. Do nothing to change. Do not give the flesh an inch. What are you doing? Do not, do not give the flesh an inch. Okay, daddy's talking. Uh, who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master, he stands or he falls. Indeed, he will make, be made to stand for God, is able to make him stand. So this is also true, that we, uh, it's our relationship with God to, that, that matters. It's not what everyone else does, it's what we do. We are all here to help each other first and bring people to the light, but ultimately our relationship is with God. That's our defining characteristic and how we've done in our relationship with God. And frankly, you can either be with him, obedient to the word, or against him, disobedient to the word. You can't have something in between. So I want, I want to end on a scripture from Isaiah again. Isaiah 46, 8. And the, the prophet there's so much good stuff in Isaiah. He said, remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times and what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. Far from off, from far off land, a man to fulfil my purpose. What I, what I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn-hearted, you who are now far from my righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendour to Israel. So we always have a choice, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We have a choice to be obedient or to not be obedient. God's will will happen either way. And by being obedient, we have him in us. In the name of Jesus.